A busy news day for the Minnesota Wild as Jacob Middleton re-signs for three years, plus the latest on John Merrill and Jordan Greenway. Marc-Andre Fleury may be getting closer to a decision. The schedule's out. And what is going on with Kirill Kaprizov? We discuss all that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Lockdown Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we discuss Jacob Middleton re-upping with the Wild and what it means for the rest of the offseason. We'll also get the latest information on the Kirill Kaprizov situation, try to figure out what exactly is going on there. And we will also take a look at a couple of injury notes for the Wilds that could impact training camp. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams and guiding you now through the offseason here on Lockdown Wild. And uh, boy, I don't know where to start today because uh, it just was so much that happened in uh, Minnesota Wildland here today. Uh, let's start with the big one, obviously. Uh, earlier today, a tweet from Andrew Zadonarski. Now, I find it interesting that in his bio, he notes, not a journalist, but uh, he is a contributor to uh, TSN, as well as uh, Eyes on the Prize, a um, a website that covers the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so uh, obviously is plugged into the NHL scene. But uh, the tweet from uh, earlier this morning that uh, upon seeing the arrest, upon hearing about the arrest of Ivan Fedotov, uh, Flyers goalie prospect, Kirill Kaprizov reportedly immediately returned to the United States. His name is linked to fraudulent military IDs being sold to players, including Fedotov and Kaprizov, is now wanted in Russia per Sports Express. Uh, Follow-up tweet to this. uh, Championat reporting Kaprizov will serve in the Airborne Division. Three current KHL players, Anvar Suleimanov, Vladislav Lukin, and Mikhail Vorbiov will face 12 years in prison. One junior player has decided to not return to Russia after the NHL draft. Quick clarification, because uh, that obviously got everybody racing uh, with the, uh, it sounding like that was imminent. Uh, The Russian draft board decided that Kaprizov would serve in the airborne division if he were to join the army. That was the, uh, the tweet this morning. That put uh, Wild Twitter into a firestorm, waiting for sources that were plugged into the situation to update, to clarify. Uh, And of course, Michael Russo was on it. And um, just some of the things that he reported uh, here today as well. 
according to Russo, regarding reports that Kirill Kaprizov is wanted in Russia for allegedly buying a military ID in 2017 and has returned to the United States. A wild source says he's not in the U.S. Obviously, this is a complicated story, and Russo said he was working to see if there's any merit. Uh, Garen, Bill Garen, that is, um, on the Kaprizov situation, we're trying to find out as much as we can, but we're not worried too much about it. We're not going to push the panic button. We're just trying to gather information and find out if this is even credible. A lot of information with this. Kirill Kaprizov's father saying that he never purchased a fraudulent military ID. Now, the things that we know is that uh, all males are required to serve in the Russian military between the ages of 18 and 27. Kaprizov has put that off because he is currently a student in line with his NHL playing time. And so he has... Um, he, he had an exemption to put that time off uh, until June 30th of this year. So obviously now with it being the first week in July, that exemption has expired. But um, there are exceptions, I believe, to this situation, and they just need to be worked out um, with the Russian uh, with the Russian government. Now, first and foremost, not an expert in the realm of politics, just trying to pass on the information that we know about what's going on, because obviously this is a pretty dicey situation with what's going on in Ukraine. A lot of, uh, a lot of things that, uh, that have fans, teammates, and, uh, of course, family members of some of these uh, NHLers who could potentially be uh, called to serve um, a, a lot of concern for, uh, for them. Um, and so just, you know, that was, I think, the, the last thing anybody was expecting to see uh, here just scrolling through Twitter today. The uh, clarification that we did get um, a little later on in the day is that um, you know there was confirmation by Bill Guerin that uh, Kaprizov was with his friends and family in Russia. He was fine. Uh, attempts to reach Kaprizov's agent, Paul Theofanos, were, uh, were not successful. And so for a good portion of the day today, people were just wondering, you know, what, what the heck's going on? And so that's pretty much the extent of what we know at this point. And so that is... Probably the extent of which we will comment on this show on this here, because beyond that, there's really nothing we can do about it. So that's what we know about uh, what happened with Kirill Kaprizov today. Going forward, you know he's in Russia with friends and family, and uh, the Wilds are obviously going to keep a close eye on this situation as we draw closer to training camp and the start of the regular season as well. So. Caused just a a firestorm, and I weep for uh, Michael Russo's notifications on his phone if he still has notifications on his phone, because uh, there there was a period of time where people were just scrambling around trying to figure out what was going on, and uh, you know, thankfully we've got a little more clarification since. But uh, that that was just the start of the day news wise for the Minnesota Wild. We had the schedule release. 
and a pretty big re-signing as the Wild were able to get Jacob Middleton locked up for the next few seasons. So we will go from Kirill Kaprizov to Jacob Middleton's extension when we continue today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, including league reviews and news, such as the MLB season, NFL futures, and before you know it, the NHL and NBA seasons will be rolling again as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all that and more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wilds, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day, and thank you for helping Lockdown Wilds get to 1,000 subscribers. Quite the milestone for this show, and uh, thank you to those who have followed along uh, throughout uh, the course of my tenure as host. Uh, We have plenty more coming up, and uh, we hope that you will follow along with us as we keep things rolling. So we move from the big news of the day to other news of the day, which includes a uh, very important retention for the Minnesota Wild to uh, add a nice little steadying presence to their decor. Uh, Darren Drager first on this one. The Minnesota Wilds re-signing Jacob Middleton to a three-year, $7.35 million contract that equates out to a $2.45 million average annual value. Uh, According to Russo, that leaves the Wild $4.9 million in cap space for a goalie, flurry question mark, and two forwards with Rossi potentially being one. So, Three-year deal, like that for Middleton, because I I loved what we saw from him uh, after he was acquired by the Wild from the San Jose Sharks. Brought an element of toughness, grit, physicality, but man, guy can play some defense too, and uh, slotted in just perfectly as Jared Spurgeon's line mate that uh, helped balance out the lines a little bit, but... You know, we, we've seen this wild team successful when uh, we can get a uh, true defense-oriented presence combined with a player that uh, is a little more offensive savvy. And so uh, Middleton, you know, much more comfortable staying home and uh, allowing Jared Spurgeon to kind of jump up in the play. But it was a good combo up until the, uh, the postseason in which the Wilds' decor at large uh, kind of fell apart, but love the signing. I think 2.45 on the average is uh, is phenomenal. He's making less than, uh, I believe, Dmitry Kulikov is making. He's making slightly more than Alex Goligoski's making, and I don't think there's any question as to who is the best defenseman of those three. So a great, great signing by Bill Guerin. And you look at it, And so this extension will carry Middleton with the Wild through the worst years 
of the buyouts. So Jacob Mendelton will be uh, at least contractually with this team through the worst year of those buyouts. And we've talked in the offseason previously that with the nature of these buyouts, uh, the it's going to get tighter and tighter for this team to uh, to do things over the next couple of seasons. You know, you have the uh, the twelve million dead cap hit this year, and then for two more years, it's up to fourteen. So there are going to be players that are currently on this wild team that just are not going to be able to equate into the um, final pieces of the puzzle, and so barring a trade. Uh, Jacob Middleton appears to be one of those pieces. And I think from what we saw this past season, he can definitely slot in. He's a top pairing defenseman um, this season. And, you know, he can be for sure a, uh, a top four guy uh, for this team over the next couple of years too, depending on what happens with the rest of this wild decor. So Bill Guerin has prioritized, you know, the, you hear the term, I think cost certainty was uh, was the term that was thrown around um, with the Goligoski and uh, the Merrill extensions. Is Bill Guerin has as much of this roster locked in as he can over the uh, the next few seasons, and there will be players that won't be able to factor in. But the hope is that the depth uh, in the prospect system that the Wild have. Is going to be able to elevate and fill those spots uh, while the Wild are, are shaking loose of these buyouts. So this season, obviously, Kevin Fiala did not factor into the uh, the plans financially. And the hope is that uh, Marco Rossi will be able to ease some of that burden by coming up and filling that spot. Next year, there are going to be other players that, that can't be re-signed to, uh, to stay as a part of this group. And the hope is that there will be other players ready to uh, to slot in, uh, and so on and so forth. So it's very much you know a, a thought out plan by Bill Guerin uh, for how to handle these buyout seasons. And so you know we we were expecting that this would probably happen, but it's just nice now to officially have it out of the way, so we don't have to worry about it. And going into free agency. Depending on what happens in the draft, we talked a little bit about that yesterday, um, hoping that a lot of those draft picks will just be utilized to draft some quality prospects. So you go into free agency with a couple of holes that you need to fill, and so you don't have to, you know, you don't have a huge shopping list, and you have to rely on getting into bidding wars with other teams, so on and so forth. So. Um, a, a good job by Bill Guerin to get this done. Love what Middleton brought to this team, and I would expect nothing less than that uh, going forward here over the next few seasons. So glad to have that be kind of the good news of the day because there was some other news that um, could be a little concerning heading into training camp. So we'll talk about that and a couple of other items to get to as well as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. And uh, we finished today by taking a look at, uh, boy, Michael Russo is just, as he always is, was just super busy 
uh, over the course of the day here today. He mentions, by the way, there's a chance that wild left winger Jordan Greenway and defenseman John Merrill, both with offseason upper body surgeries, won't be ready for the start of training camp. Now, won't be ready for the start of training camp doesn't necessarily mean that this will bleed into the season, but if you look at both of these cases, this is a reason that the Wild have tried to retain as much of their decor depth as they can because you can kind of plug and play if John Merrill isn't ready to start the season immediately. You can plug and play with whoever ends up being the early season odd man out, whether it be Alex Goligoski, whether it be Dmitry Kulikov, you can slot them in on that third line D pairing and you're not going to get you're not going to get as hurt as you would if you um, if you lose somebody in that top four defensively. Now, the concerning area is Jordan Greenway because for how I, I don't know how it works, but Greenway is kind of the the straw that stirs the drink for the grief line. And with the Wilds losing the production of Kevin Fiala, that's you know, 33 goals, it's 85 points that you don't have that you're hoping can be offset by um, a full season of Matt Boldy and by a good rookie season for Marco Rossi. You're hoping that those guys can, can offset that. But if not, the area which you're going to need to improve is defensively. And one of the secret weapons defensively in the entirety of the NHL was the grief line last year. It was one of the best defensive lines in the entire NHL. But you don't have that if those guys aren't playing together. And so get a little concerned that we have not even hit the season and we already have some injury concerns for Jordan Greenway, for any of those guys on that line. Because if you don't have that grief line at your disposal, that defense is just not going to be as good. And so I'm concerned about that. Obviously, we still have some time before training camp gets going to where uh, Greenway could recover. And again, there's there's no guarantee that this is something that rolls into the season anyway. But if it does, the Wilds defense is definitely going to take a hit and uh, just certainly hope that that's not the case because this team's going to need it this year. Now, the other thing that we wanted to mention is an update from yesterday. Um, Michael Russo, again, mentioning that um, Garen discussed the Marc-Andre Fleury situation, said that he met with Fleury's agent this afternoon, and Garen said, quote, we're working on it. Now that the Middleton extension is taken care of, you know what you have to offer for Flurry if he is indeed the route that the team wants to go as the 1B or the backup goalie. So, really, it's easy at this point. You say, here's what we can give you. Basically, take it or leave it. And if he opts to go somewhere else for more, there's nothing we can do about that. So I would imagine that this situation will be resolved relatively quickly um, because 
it's, it's we don't have oodles of cash to work with. So it's either going to be that Flurry liked what he saw here, and he wants to he wants a little more of the familiarity and not bounce, bouncing around from place to place uh, to finish off his career. Uh, there's a wide range of thoughts on if he is a good idea to bring back based off of his performance down the stretch. And I hear, um, I hear those concerns because, you know, he, he had struggles down the stretch for this wild team. And it was against teams that the wilds were going up against in the playoffs. St. Louis blues for one, but, other teams that the Wild could have matched up with against in the playoffs. And he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't that super sharp flurry that has been seen over the past few seasons. And obviously he's 37 years old. At some point, the skills are going to decline and we're getting to the point that that's probably the case, but I'll echo what I said yesterday in that if this is indeed the final season or final two seasons of Marc-Andre Fleury, that winning the Cup is top priority. And so if teams like Toronto, if teams like Colorado get involved, we can't beat what they have to offer from that perspective. So then at that point, we'll have to figure out what's next for the uh, the backup goalie situation. So injury concerns... Backup goalie situation are both uh, one to keep an eye on here. Free agency starts next week. And so I, and I think this is one of the things that I appreciate about Bill Guerin as GM. He doesn't, he doesn't mess around. Like he doesn't dally. He doesn't waste time. If he has something that he wants to get done, he does it. And so Within the first couple of days of free agency, I think we're going to have a good beat on what is going to happen based off of what the Wilds still need going into that point. So um, it, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I like the idea of Flurry being the bridge mentor to Jesper Wallstead, but that would require you signing him probably to a two-year deal to make that happen. So can you make that work? I don't know because, again, we have a number that we can hit. And if Flurry wants more than that, there's nothing we can do. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, did not get to the schedule re- release here today, but we're going to touch on that for tomorrow's episode because I want to go through and highlight some of the big games. There are some interesting trends in the schedule And so uh, we will take a look at that in full. Plus, I wanted to circle back to the Fiala trade because, you know, in in combing through all the reaction and uh, from the time that the trade talks were really picking up, you know, we, we heard that the Kings, once the trade happened, we heard that it was the Kings. But one of the things that was mentioned was that Seattle was in it up until the end. What would the Kraken have been able to offer in a uh, potential Fiala trade? I want to answer that question as well. So that's kind of a plan for the rest of the week. Of course, we've got the NHL draft. So we will 
be keeping an eye on that as well with a reaction to the picks. And uh, we'll have some reaction for Friday's show. We'll have some reaction for Monday's show to the entirety of the draft. So lots of draft coverage and more to come here as we finish off the rest of the week. But that does it for today's episode. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Locked On NHL podcast to get the final lowdown on the first round of the NHL draft and much more. The Locked On NHL podcast is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just like Locked On Wilds, follow us on YouTube, follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.